Hey, uh, thanks for listening to the Nick and Big J podcast. We appreciate it. And you know what? It's brought to you by The Advocates. If you've been in an accident, well, call The Advocates. 208-471-4444. Like it or not, here we are. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Monday morning, the 7th day of March, 2022. My name is Nick, and there's Big J over there. Here I am. Big J, how was the weekend, pal? It was good, good. Anything cleared off the to-do list? Um, no, I mean, uh, I started to smoke some meat and it turned into a big disaster. What happened oh, now? Man. So upsetting. I really struggle with the, the pork sometimes. And uh, basically, What were you making? Like a butt? Or well, a- yeah, and so here's what happened. Is Friday, I picked up at the store, I was going to make carnitas. So um, I, I picked up what I thought was a boneless pork butt. And in fact, it was a bone-in pork butt. And I was like, oh, no, this is too big. I wasn't paying attention. And so I halved it out. So I, I half of it I used and cut into chunks and used for carnitas. And the other half I was going to smoke. And so I did that yesterday. I smoked it for like 10 hours and nothing. It was just too much fat and just not working. It was very upsetting last night. And meat can't be cheap, right? It, well, it an no, expensive it was, piece of meat? No. Okay. No. You're sitting and throwing a bunch of money down the drain. That's good. Yeah. Uh, but I know it doesn't make you happy when you waste food. That's a lot well, of that food. Well, that with time and, and, and prop like I'm like, hey, we're going to have pulled pork for dinner. No, that never happened. So at what it point do you throw in the towel? After 10 hours, you're just like, this yeah, isn't making it. Yeah. <laughs> what was plan B then? What did you go to? Nothing. You didn't have. You didn't even have any dinner? Listen, there's plenty. No, I did. I, I, I didn't have that. I had salad. Gotcha. So, but yeah. That, so that was a big bummer. Other than that, it was a great weekend. Well, I like that very much. Hopefully, we can right that ship after a t- disappointing Sunday evening. That's the goal. We have got some tickets to Monster Jam, which is happening this weekend at the Ford Idaho Center Arena. We got tickets to your Friday night show. Keep in mind, please, that there are two more shows on the docket for Monster Jam. They're taking over the arena all day on Saturday with a matinee show and a Saturday night show. So... If you want to go, there are still tickets available at both Monster Jam and uh, ICTickets.com. You can go check that out there if you want to go. But if you want for free, we got you covered over the course of the show today. At least that's the goal. A bearded badass will be part of the show today as well, so it should be a decent Monday. Let's kick things off with some STP. Interstate Love Song, starting the morning after with Nick and Big J on the X Rocks. Newsfeed on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Try as they might, Big J, every once in a while, despite their better thoughts, I think, the Idaho uh, legislative branch every once in a while passes a bill that's actually good for all of us. And there was some pretty good things that happened on Friday as uh, it took longer than they wanted to, but the House Education Committee on Friday passed a law to help some Idahoans that are struggling with dyslexia, which is very, very good. Something that they have been battling and debating for for the last couple of months. They thought originally two weeks ago they were going to get the actual vote. That didn't happen. It got postponed until Friday. And then late Friday afternoon, it went ahead and went through. A bunch of emotional testimony happened at the State House on Friday. Uh, basically, uh, if you were wondering what Idaho had kind of planned for students and youth that are suffering with dyslexia uh, for the past forever, the answer was nothing. And now on Friday, the State Department of Education will implement dyslexia-related screening practices, intervention strategies, and professional development training for educators through the bill, which is a very good thing. 
So now we actually have some educational services for dyslexia-specific students that need this particular issue moving forward, and it's a good thing. Congratulations to Decoding Dyslexia Idaho and all the other people that started this as a grassroots effort when they realized that their children were suffering with dyslexia and there was nothing the school could do about it because they didn't have any plans in place. I mean, it's 2022. Yeah, yeah. If you're wondering when they started to try to put this into into uh, action, it was uh, 2018. So this is this is the problem with red tape sometimes. But even still, 2018, man. No, I know. Dyslexia's been around a long time. Yeah, exactly. But it, it finally took a parent, believe it or not, in 2018 to go, hey, my kid doesn't have any help. Please, somebody. And then it took an additional four years before anything was done about it. And now there is something done. So, listen, it steps in the right direction. Yeah, okay. I know, I understand your frustration, I get it. I'm going to say, but all the money wasted on those people's behalf to try to get this in front of somebody. Oh, the fact that you have to start a non-profit to help lobby to get some, I mean, it's insane. I mean, our... I don't know. That's why know. we're at the bottom. I don't know. Our, 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 well, listen, we're, it's not, that, that's the way laws work. It's not just here. It's just ours are <laughs> a little bit more antiquated than most, but this is the way legislation is done everywhere, and that's 90% of the this problem. This should not be the way. Major League Baseball wasn't happy with the latest offer from the Players Union, Big J. In fact, they spat on it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, they didn't uh, really. Saying it was they- worse than the previous one. The two sides talked for 95 minutes in their first meeting after talks broke off last week, and they're not anywhere closer. In fact, now they may be further apart. So uh, we'll see. Players have been locked out since December 2nd, but the negotiations uh, are not going great. We'll put it that way. Weekend at the box office, you're not going to believe this. The Batman was number one, Big J. Yeah. Uh, It ended up uh, making the best opening for Warner Brothers since the pandemic, and it marks director Matt Reeves' best opening ever, $128.5 million. You were kicking around going to see it again this weekend, did you? Yeah, no, we never got a chance, and it made uh, another $120 million uh, overseas, so boom. Uh, Not surprising, but Batman movies tend to be hits, and this is another one that is. Uncharted came in second, Dog third, Spider-Man No Way Home fourth, and Death on the Nile fifth. But they were all looking way up at the Batman this weekend. Should not surprise anybody at all. Some Nirvana smells like teen spirit here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Big J, you're not exactly in the market for a house. You were kind of kicking around, maybe moving into someplace smaller when you got empty nested, but that's no longer an option. So I think you're you're at least for the time being decided to stick where you're staying, right? I mean, unless something uh, amazing and crazy happens. Right, right. But with the the real estate market the way it is, odds are things are staying put. So this may surprise you if you are in the market for a house, and I guess it kind of depends on how desperate you are. But if I were to ask you a question, would you have any problem at all moving into a house? Now, take out the price. I'm not talking about the perfect. Just this is what you know about a house. Somebody was murdered in the house. Would you be okay living in that house? I don't know, man. I honestly don't. I believe it. it I mean, it's at some point you, you're going to come into contact in and in a home or something where somebody's died. You know what I mean? Regardless of whether they're murdered or not, what difference does it make? Somebody died in the house. Well, I think there is a difference between a death and a grisly murder, right? Well, has it been cleaned up? 
<laughs> I'm saying Or yes. just still blood on the wall. No, no, no. I'm not saying, like, you're moving into a crime scene. I'm saying... That's what I'm saying. What difference? Somebody died there. It doesn't matter whether they were murdered or they died of a heart attack. I think it kind of depends on your belief in the afterlife, whether or not this becomes an issue to you. Like, if you are a full-on believer in ghosts and unfinished business and things like that, then you probably are going to have a different, uh, a little bit of a mental block being able to move into a house that you feel or you know somebody was murdered in. Because that thought's going to instantly be in your head. Oh, okay, uh, this soul is now attached to this house and it's going to haunt us or whatever. As far as the percentage, it's actually pretty interesting to me how things are split. 30% said instant yes, no problem moving in, which I feel like is weird. Uh, 32% said, nope, not interested in moving into a house that somebody's been murdered in, and that is where I point to Big J's point, which is, yeah, you probably don't know the house, the history of the house that you're in currently. So, I mean, depending on how is old it like is. Is like a house fax? Like a car fax? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and 38% said they weren't sure, which I believe is the right answer, because I do think that you should ask questions as to it. I don't necessarily have a problem with somebody... Like a, like a murder in a house, but I would have to know, like, what are the story behind it? Like, I think there's a difference between, like, I, don't, <laughs> I feel weird saying this phrase, but your run-of-the-mill murder and, like, if, like, whoever was murdered in the house was, like, killed by, like, a gang of drug dealers, and then you're like, okay, there's some sort of weird attachment to this house yeah. that maybe I don't want me and my family involved in. Yeah. Or like, it, bad people know where this house is. Yeah, exactly. Or if it's weird science, like an Australian biker gang, <laughs> Mad Max style, was driving their bikes through the right. house. And did a bunch of hit and runs, and you're like, hang on a second, am I in some sort of trajectory of this biker gang that I don't know about? Yes. So you should, I think the automatic answer is, ask some questions. But Big J's right. Uh, the houses that you're in, unless you are building that house from scratch or you're the first person to move in, that house has got some history that you're probably not too well aware of. Uh, unless you chase it down, like you're, you're like you're 23 and me in your house. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the only way you're going to be able to figure out what's going on there. So uh, I'm guessing there's a lot more history happening in wherever you're living than you think. But I can understand why there would be some, I don't know, hesitation as to moving into a house. So I do believe that there's something wrong with the 30% of us that instantly said, yeah, no problem. Because there should be some questions attached to uh, whether or not somebody was murdered or how they were murdered or any of that kind of stuff. But, you know, eventually, Big J, you're right. In every single abode in the United States of America, at some point, somebody is going to take their final breaths, which is the way it's going to happen. Yeah, we did get a message in the text uh, that some folks were desperate enough to buy that. That's also true. I mean, it depends on the real estate market. I mean, yeah. If you've been looking around for a house and you find one that is, you know, a three-bedroom, two-bath for $100,000 because it's the Smith murder house and you have to bite the uh, the proverbial bullet because you've been looking for a house, then yeah, it's tough to pass up a deal. But good luck sleeping, I guess, is the other side point of that. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Somebody with a beard will get rewarded next on the X-Rocks. By the Beardsmith on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Oh boy, check out thebeardsmith.com and you can there get yourself an appointment uh, at either the Garden City location or the Caldwell location, and they have a bunch of great products that will help make your beard look spectacular. All right, about 90% of the images found in a Google search of today's bearded badass will result in a high and tight beard, certainly without a shirt on. The beard has come in real handy. 
and one needs to have that ability when portraying a demigod on the big screen. I'm, of course, talking about Australian-born actor Chris Hemsworth. The rugged look comes natural to Hemsworth, who spent a great deal of his youth growing on cattle ranches in the outback. The middle of three brothers, all of whom took trade in acting, seemed to find success relatively quickly, and in 2004, after a few regular roles on Australian TV, he hit a big time in a show called Home and Away, an Aussie daytime soap opera. With over 171 episodes in the bag, he was becoming a big-time Australian celebrity. He'd competed in the seventh season of Dancing with the Stars Australia and made it seven weeks before being eliminated. But that opportunity almost cost him the role of a lifetime, as Marvel creative team thought that the idea of Thor being on a dancing program would put people off. Turns out that was not the case. And soon after Chris moved to L.A., he almost immediately started getting some roles, including playing Captain Kirk's father in Star Trek movie. But the role of Thor came calling and no doubt put him right in the crosshairs of stardom. He began to fill in his time away from Thor in movies like Cabin in the Woods, Red Dawn, and as the Huntsman in a couple of movies. It's clear that Thor won't be the only character Hemsworth is known for. And in 2020, the release of Extraction, still one of Netflix's most watched movies, it was clear that he could carry another franchise or two on his own. And aside from acting, it seems that he has some pretty good business sense as well and decided to create another revenue stream teaching the rest of us how to get buff and beautiful with his fitness and wellness app called Center. Chris continues to prove he is more than just Thor with the upcoming biopic of Netflix about Hulk Hogan and recently announced role as the villain in the Mad Max prequel Furiosa. It's pretty clear he's going to be around a long time. Oh, and he is one shirtless bearded badass. It'll be good to see him as a bad guy, I think. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy when actors that are, you know, traditionally heroes decide to take a dark turn, and they usually do really good work with it. Denzel Washington comes to mind, who was sure. amazing in Training Day. And so uh, I'll be very interested to see. Well, listen, I'm in on the Mad Max stuff anyway. But I got to give credit to not only Chris Hemsworth and his people, because you're right, he had a ridiculously long career before Thor. But I'll be damned if you can find any of that stuff. Like, I mean, usually sometimes when somebody hits a big, like, embarrassing clips of them on a soap opera pop up, like Michael B. Jordan all the time, the clips of him, like the three episodes he did on a soap opera are everywhere. But Chris Hemsworth did 171. You can't find him anywhere, baby. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe they they, 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 the home and away, they don't want that. (laughs) That's right. I mean, they did a, they want you to think of him as Thor and probably Mission Accomplished, so... Well done and certainly qualifies as a bearded badass. Congratulations to Mr. Hemsworth. Morning after with Nick and Big J coming up in a few minutes. We got your important stuff. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Oh, I shudder to think the Pandora's box I am prying open by bringing this up. But no, American workers are not feeling appreciated for what they do, according to a new survey. 63% of American workers, nearly two-thirds of us, say that we feel unappreciated by our employer on a daily basis. Almost as many, 59%, say they've never had a boss that truly appreciates the work that they do. In the survey, 41% said favoritism among employees from management makes them feel most unappreciated, while another said that 39% say lack of communication and recognition from the higher higher ups in their company really really makes it prove that they're unappreciated almost half of us have left a job because we haven't felt appreciated and 65 percent admit you know what i'd probably work a little bit harder if i felt like it was getting noticed by management anyway 
When asked about how employers improved, guess what? We all said money. Uh, 35% say they'd like a form of perk, like a bonus or something like that. 33% said just straight up give me a raise. 30% said wellness and professional developmental stipends. And then 22% named praise from management and their peers as a way to feel a little bit better about their job. So maybe we need to do a better job of telling everybody that they're doing a good job. Or maybe they're not doing a good job at all. That also could be a very real possibility. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, at some point there should be some communication. You would think. To help them do a better job. You would think. You would absolutely think. There's a lot of bad leadership there. If there were some issues with your performance, yes, you would hope that your higher up would come to you and say, here's how you can make it better. But if you're also doing good at your job, you would hope that you would get a pat on the back every once in a while, or at least a confidence boost or something. And of course, we all would like extra money and bonuses and all sorts of stuff and raises if we were doing good jobs. But, you know, this is the way things work. Uh, you ever, I mean, I, I'm guessing outside of radio or hell, maybe even in radio, you've had a job where you felt completely and totally unappreciated. Yeah. Did you leave that job, like, because of it? Or was that just one of the many mitigating factors that le- led you to leave it? No, I don't think I, I don't think I left. Job, I eventually left. Jobs you quit, Big J. Burger King, right? Uh, no, I got fired from Burger oh, King. That's right. <laughs> um, but Did I don't you quit Avis? Yes, I had okay. to quit Avis. But that was because not because of underappreciation, it's because you took on another job, right? Well, because I wanted to work in radio. Right. I couldn't right. do both. Exactly. The warehouse stuff that you did, were you did you quit or did yeah, you Yeah, I quit. Okay. I quit. And is that because you got another job as well? Yeah. Okay. Better so opportunity. Almost no jobs did you ever like storm out of and quit, huh? No. I've been an adult most of my life. There you go. Uh, well, listen, I, I have I have straight up bolted out of a job, but that I think I told you that was after two days of being a telemarketer, and I hated myself and everything about yeah. the job, and uh, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and I, I eventually did quit. Uh, I guess I didn't storm out, but I, I did quit a job, but I was, again, a telemarketer myself. Yeah, so. it, it's, it, it's, I mean... Felt way unappreciated there. And this is, there, and this is way before, like, the crazy-ass calls that you get on a semi-regular basis. I mean, I, I'm sorry. It's, it's just bananas. Brooklyn Nets' Kevin Durant became the 23rd player in NBA history to reach 25,000 points in the Nets' loss to the Celtics yesterday. He called it, quote, pretty cool, Big J. Uh, And Jason Tatum led the Celtics with a season-high 54 points in the game. That really was the story, but listen, 25,000 points, nothing to sneeze at. Kevin Durant is a hell of a basketball player. Big J, I don't know how this is going to happen, but according to Variety, Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan will star and produce the sequel to I Am Legend. Uh, Smith posted a teaser photo on Instagram on Friday tagging Jordan, and it's happening. Um, I saw I Am Legend in a theater with you. First time I ever saw you cry, and not the last. And I don't uh, remember crying at that. <laughs> you don't? No. I'll tell you, I'll, off the air, I'll tell you, and you, you'll go, oh, yeah. Uh, it rhymes with dog, Big J. Now do you remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and so... Animals, man, give me every damn time. But I don't know how this is happening, nor how the... Because, I mean, listen, uh, spoiler for a uh, 16-year-old movie, but uh, the, the, the Will Smith storyline comes to a fairly fine uh, uh, you know, conclusion. I mean, there's no way that you can wrap your way around this. So unless it's like a prequel sequel... I'm not sure how they're going to do I'll it. I'll be honest, it's been a while since yeah. I've seen it, I, so I, I don't remember. You don't remember at ago. all anything that happened in the movie? 
I mean, I vaguely remember something at the end. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the end is pretty convincing for Will Smith, so I'm not sure how it's going to work. Also, I thought I was it was like a disappointing film, like box office-wise, but who knows, man? Nostalgia is a powerful tool, and... Uh, who's having nostalgia about it, though? Well, somebody must I have. Mean, well, they've been trying to talk about a, a sequel for this for a very long time, so I don't know what changed, or maybe just Michael B. Jordan was involved Could or something. Be. Could be. But we are getting ourselves a sequel to I Am Legend, and it will be out in theaters probably next year. It made half a billion dollars. Yeah, I mean, That's I remember. I mean, I know that I I walked away not super happy with the changes that they made in the movie, and uh, I remember watching the what was supposed to be the original ending to the movie and liking it a lot better than the ending that they put in the movie. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know how they're going to undo that. But I guess we'll find out together. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Coming up in a few short minutes, we're going to go to hell. You're invited to join us, but first, it's TDS Fiber Traffic Center time. The hell is this? The Morning After with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X Rocks. We are going to Denver, Colorado for today's We're Going to Hell story, Big J. Okay. And I'm going to take the old man yells a cloud stance here and just say it seems like Nobody takes pride in their work anymore. Nobody is willing to go the extra mile. Well, they're not getting appreciated for it. Well, in this particular case, uh, we're talking about somebody that steals things. (laughs) We've talked about this before, how the the lost art of casing a joint, Big J. You understand? Yeah, doing some reconnaissance. Right. I'm not sure that's the word, but I understand what you're saying. You know, the, the ability to basically kind of scope things out before you decide what you're going to do. Planning ahead, making sure you know all the ins and outs, making sure you know what you're going in to grab. Because sometimes smash and grab jobs don't go the way that they are planned to go. And that is the story from Denver, Colorado. As this all went down Wednesday of last week, police got a call about 2.30 in the morning from East Denver when they said, hey, listen, somebody broke into a truck that we had been, you know, basically driving across the city in and took some of our actual payload, which is never good. Because this particular truck, Big J, was hauling human body parts from one part of the city to another. Basically, they're get well, uh, for science research, medical research. But in this particular case, they they saw that a dolly and a box that was labeled exempt human specimen was missing. And everything else was there. So they think that whoever <laughs> took it opened it up and then decided not to go back. Because the box that he ta- took or she took contained four human heads, Big J. Four severed <laughs> human heads <laughs> that were supposed to be used for scientific experimentation and medical research were missing. Uh, Science Care is a program for donating bodies to science for research and education purposes. A lot of people do it, and apparently this dude ran off with four human heads from this particular company. At this point, no arrests have been made. There wasn't any footage on the truck or the car. So investigators are working to gather some more information and try to recover the stolen human remains. You know, they want to get their heads back, although I'm pretty sure 
Uh, unlike the Joe Pesci movie, they're not going to last as long as <laughs> eight heads. Eight heads in a duffel bag had them last. A terrible movie. Yeah, it's god awful. Uh, but these were not in a duffel bag. These were in like you know freeze dried boxes with you know dry ice inside and Man. all sorts of stuff to kind of keep them. So they were targeting the head, the boxes, the heads. Uh, they, they don't think so because again, they just took the box and then left. So they're guessing that they took the box, saw what it was, decided not to go back for seconds because that's all that were in this truck were body parts. And basically decided not to come back. So they think it was an accident. They just saw maybe there was a truck that was easy to break into. And they decided to grab it. Because it was a freezer truck, so it wasn't labeled. It's not like Science Care runs around with heavily labeled trucks. It was just a refrigerated truck, if that makes sense. And so this dude probably thought he was making off with some steaks or something like that. Not even sure if he waited until he got home to open up the box and then saw the heads. And then I don't know what you do Eventually somebody's going to find some heads, right? You would think. But... You know, I don't know. Heads go missing every day, be my guess. <laughs> From, if movies have taught me anything, it's that heads go missing daily. Uh, basically, the moral of the story is don't steal stuff off a truck. You never know what you're getting. Could be, yeah, sure, a box of radios or it could be a human head. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your We're Going to Hell story. It is the x Rock. <laughs> That is Blur. That is song number two here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. Uh, I imagine this would do something for your diet, but there is a dude in China that has been diagnosed with something called crocodile tear syndrome. Now, it sounds weird, and it definitely is. Basically, what's happening is Big J, every time he eats a meal, he starts crying. Just crying. That good, huh? Uh, well, you would think that oh. that would be something attached to it, but no, it's just an extremely rare condition, which basically, it's a weird situation where, like, uh, it involves nerve fibers being misdirected. So, you know how, like, you're sitting down for a meal and you start to kind of salivate a little bit and go, oh, man, I can't wait. Ah. Right. Uh, well, but you got that thinking about Daily George. What happens is, when that guy starts to salivate, the tears start coming out of his eyes. The, the nerve fibers are being weirdly mis-kind of directed to his eye hole glands instead of his salivatory glands. And so, boom, like he starts to salivate out of his eyes. And he says it's ruining his damn social life, Big J. He can't sit down to eat without crying a bunch, which is weird. It is right? weird. It is a weird thing. Forget about taking to dinner on a first date, right? <laughs> right. And so he has undergone a surgical procedure to treat the condition, and it appears to have worked, but uh, it's uncertain how long it'll last. It also is a condition that just kind of popped up. He hasn't been crying his whole life when he's been eating. It just kind of started happening about a year ago, and he's been freaked out by it ever since. And obviously there's a lot of emotions and feelings and sometimes stuff attached to eating food. And so it made me think, Big J, it's the best meal you've ever had. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, I think like there's like some family and company and stuff. Take that out of the equation. But like literally the best meal maybe you've ever paid for. I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but I mean, for years, <clears throat> we would constantly talk about it and we would we would specifically want to get booked in this hotel I knew you were going to say this. I don't know why I and knew you were going to say this. In Columbus, Ohio, because of that damn lobster quesadilla. Well, it was a seafood quesadilla. Seafood there's quesadilla. there's all sorts of lobsters. But, I mean, it was the lobster essentially that was, yeah. I mean, man, it was so good. 
And it was at like it was just like a hotel restaurant. Yeah, it was at like a Hilton. Yeah. And then and then I think the something changed and they didn't have it anymore. It made you very upset. And I was like, we don't need to come here anymore. That's why we quit going to Rock and the Range. That's not true. But it is why we quit staying at that hotel because Vic J no longer wanted, uh, didn't feel like he needed the Hilton treatment because the quesadilla was gone. But I mean, yeah, I, I, that's the one thing that comes to mind when I think of that. I love that that is your your favorite meal you've ever had is a hotel bar quesadilla. Although, I mean, think about it. How many of those must have you had? I don't know. Not as many as some of the other meals I've had. But, you know, I mean, listen, that's hard to narrow down into one thing what a favorite meal is. Well, I mean, I think to me a favorite meal is definitely company, ambiance, emotion weighted in it. I mean, I know that, like, if I had to, like, say what's my favorite meal I've ever had, I'd probably pick, like, an Easter at my grandma's house where everything is home made and I'm surrounded by family and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff as a kid and so that's the kind of stuff that brings in but when I think of like the best meal I've ever had at a restaurant and even then I think there's like some emotion that goes into it but like um, probably the first time I ever ate at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse <laughs> when I was yeah. I was a 20 year old kid I didn't know good food from bad food this is the first time I've ever eaten in like a really fancy restaurant and I didn't know what a la carte was you know because I mean again 20 years old kid from Wisconsin didn't know anything about Ruth's Chris yeah. Steakhouse somebody invited me to go there it ended up being a job offer so I was blown away by that and then I'm eating this this crazy steak that I've never had before prepared in a way that I've never I mean it was crazy like how it was like melt in your mouth kind of delicious and it really is and it, it nothing compares to the first time you've ever had it because i was yeah. un completely you know blindsided by it so you prepared no i was not i was not prepared for any part of that meal and it was crazy crazy good but still i don't think i cried did you cry with one of the seafood quesadillas? Yeah, I mean, but you didn't see it no it's true you probably did break down in the shower and after. or i was outside smoking a clove cigarette back when you were cool Morning After with Nick and Big J. It was the drinking that made me cry. (laughs) Coming up in a few minutes, we got some important stuff. On the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Where was this information earlier, Big J? Tulane University says, go ahead, have one glass of wine with dinner. Because if you can pull that off, you can get a 14% lower risk of developing type 2 diabetes. That, according to the researchers that put together three years of studies and compared and contrasted that to other study information and found that, you know, listen, if you drink a whole bunch, you're going to have ridiculously mixed results. And few other studies have focused on drinking details like the timing of alcohol intake. But they found that if you can have a single glass of red wine with your dinner, that's good, man. That does really, really good for you, and it builds on a lot of things. It has some health benefits, but one of the biggest ones that helps with diabetes is it has a direct input on your glucose metabolism, and that's a pretty big thing when it comes to diabetes. Now, the message from this study is that drinking moderate amounts of wine with meals may help prevent type 2 diabetes as long as you don't have other health conditions that may negatively affect the outcome of diabetes, meaning, you know, if you're obese that's going to offset the fact the wine's not going to save you is what they're basically saying but if you're a healthy individual no other health factors involved and you factor in that wine less chance of diabetes which is nice i suppose right yeah now of course there's all sorts of things that go into it so you have to make sure you balance that stuff out big j can tell you all the information if you need additional advice right you're now an expert i am not an expert man sorry man 
Major League Baseball wasn't happy with the latest offer from the players union when they got it yesterday, saying it was worse than the previous one. So now we don't know where we are. They talked for about 95 minutes yesterday, and then talks got heated, and then they broke apart. Rob Manfred's already canceled opening day, the first two series of the season for each team, and we're appears to be, we appear to be even further apart than we were this time on Friday, so God knows how this thing is all going to come to a head, but no baseball on the horizon anytime soon. Big J, Warner Brothers just can't seem to get out of their own way, man. They have a really big movie with the Batman this weekend, and then they started talking to... Zoe Kravitz about her role as Catwoman, who is fantastic in the movie, agree or disagree. Yes. And the interviewer started talking about, hey, you know, this isn't your first time playing Catwoman, and it's not. She was also the voice of Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie. And so uh, she talks about that, and she said, actually, this is kind of, could have been the third time I play Catwoman. Because apparently, according to her, she auditioned to be Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises, a role that eventually went to Anne Hathaway in the Christopher Nolan movie. And according to Zoe Kravitz, she was told that she was, quote, too urban to be Catwoman in that particular movie. Now, she is saying she wasn't sure if it came from Chris Nolan or a casting director of some kind or a casting director's assistant, but she knows that she was told that. And she knows that's the reason she didn't get that job. And that's another kind of bounce back on the issues that Warner Brothers has been having with dealing with people when it comes to these particular superhero roles. And it hasn't been a good relationship and it continues to not be. So Zoe Kravitz uh, had to make sure that everybody that was involved in The Dark Knight Rises was not involved in this version of the Batman before she took the role because she really wasn't happy with the people involved in the decision making. And I can understand that. That's an awful excuse to be told why you couldn't get that movie. Agree or disagree? Yeah. So, uh, nice to see her bounce back. Glad that she got the role. Fantastic in it. And, man, they, they just uh, they can't seem to get away. Every time they do something right, there's, a, there's something that happens that makes them take two steps back. So, uh, But you know what? They did some internal investigation, Big J, and Warner Brothers has decided they've done nothing wrong. Yeah, they so did nothing wrong. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your important stuff. <laughs> On the morning after with Nick and Big J. And if you didn't have plans for Friday night, we got those covered for you. Monster Jam coming back to the Ford Idaho Center Arena. And uh, they'll be here 11th and 12th, by the way. But uh, we're going to get you set up with tickets to Friday night, 7 p.m. You just need to beat me in Pop Culture Smackdown. Here's our phone number, 208-287-1003. If you'd like to go check out the Monster Jam event happening on Friday, now would be the time to get on the phone and see if you got what it takes to knock out Big J. Big J, are you ready? Yeah. Into the phones we go. Hello, the X. Hey, how's it going? Good, buddy. What's your name? Doug. Doug, you're up first. Doug, uh, I promised that we would wrap up our Shaquille O'Neal questions. His birthday was yesterday. We'll do that today. Shaquille O'Neal appeared on the song Too Bad... The number two, Bad, by which music superstar? Prince, Michael Jackson, or Madonna? Let's go with Prince. Prince. Wrong. Incorrect. Not a bad guess. Prince loved making numbers and songs, but that's not correct. Hello, The X. What's up? Hey, Shaquille O'Neal appeared on the song Too Bad by which music superstar? Prince, Michael Jackson, or Madonna? Michael Jackson. That is correct. Right. Hee hee. Big J. Uh, which team did Shaquille O'Neal retire from basketball playing for? 
the last team he played for before he retired. Man, this is he played for almost every team in the NBA. He played for like. four. Oh, really? Just four? I'll go with Phoenix Suns then. Phoenix Suns. Wrong. I may have shorted him by four. I think he maybe played for six, but okay. no. Great. Uh, it was with- the Phoenix Suns. He did. This is two teams after the Phoenix Suns. I lost track after the Phoenix Suns. Uh, he honest. went to Cleveland uh, for one season. Oh, that's right. And then he wrapped it up by playing for the Boston Celtics. Right. He is the last team he played for was the Boston Celtics. Uh, congratulations there, my friend. You've got tickets to Monster Jam. Is that the Jam. last one? Uh, what's that? Shaquille O'Neal question? Yes, that oh. was the last Shaquille O'Neal question. Yeah. Congratulations, man. You got yourself some Monster Jam tickets. Hang on one second. We'll get some information from you. Make sure you're all good to go there. And Jay and I will do some headlines. Those are next on the X-Rocks. Time for headlines on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Headlines are as follows, Big J. Hey, Gross. Changes coming, question mark, and mistakes were made. Uh, Changes coming, question mark. You've had this complaint for decades, Big J, but things could be changing if you are headed to Oregon because there got some legislation in the House, Big J, that could change their pumping your own gas laws. I hope you're happy. Oh, boy. Uh, Rising gas prices in a tight labor market has made it tough to find attendants who want to you know, go out and pump people's gas. It's one of the biggest reasons behind the movement of the legislation. Technically, uh, New Jersey is the only state in the union to outlaw self-service pumps entirely because uh, back in 2015, Oregon actually did ease its rules that allowed them to have some rural gas stations at night be self-service pumps. So you could run into a gas station in Oregon over the last seven years where you didn't have somebody running out to pump your gas. But now they could be changing the law to make it completely, you know, not a thing at all. The state also allowed self-service in the early days of the pandemic, too. So this is basically just making the changes that happened up to two years ago permanent. But, uh, you know, self-service still kind of a foreign concept in a lot of Oregon. So we'll have to see how people do and if they can be a thing. And I'm trying to figure out, like, I think Oregon is the only place I've ever been where somebody has pumped my gas. Uh, even, you know, that was never a thing growing up. It wasn't a thing wherever I lived. So that was a foreign concept to me to have somebody come out and pump my gas. I was kind of like, oh, hey, that made me feel important. But you hated it, right? Yeah. Why, way, man? What the hell are you doing? Well, they're pumping your gas. Yeah. Get the you hell know. out of here. Well, the reason why is because at a motorcycle. And so... Um, you know, spilling gas on the in the motorcycle is bad. My, oh, bad so you paint. just got somebody that didn't know what they were bad doing. Bad for the paint. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I didn't even let. I'm like, you know, this is. Uh, yeah, I didn't like that. And then also, uh, you pointed to the fact that I feel bad for people who grew up in Oregon. I mean, did they take a special class on how to pump gas somewhere? Or the I, rest of the world? I mean, I can't imagine. I don't remember anybody teaching me how to pump gas. It was just kind of one of those things that you. Yeah, understood. but you never seen anybody do it except for the poor attendant that comes out here. Right, but I there's mean, there's all kinds of buttons. It's. it's there's not. I mean, it's not a complicated process. I oh, think yeah? you're making okay, it. There's a lot of people that can't handle simple processes. Well, that's true, but that doesn't make the process itself complicated. That's gross or mistakes were made? Mistakes were made. Listen, stay away from bottles of Moet and Shandon champagne that you purchase online because the company has decided to recall all of them, especially ones that were packaged and sold online in Europe because... They may have accidentally been filled with a liquid of ecstasy instead of the actual champagne. 
Mo and Shandon so far have found three bottles that have uh, basically been filled to the brim with pure liquid MDMA, which is not a great thing to have. I'm not sure why it was in their actual building to begin with. They say the bottles were tampered with. It was not something that they uh, had any part in, but now they have to recall pretty much every bottle that was made in their their uh, their building in the last three months because they don't know how many are filled with ecstasy and how many aren't. Meanwhile, uh, there's a bunch of stuff getting sold, of course, on private websites by private individuals now because the price has gone through the roof. It's like a Willy Wonka search for liquid MDMA, which sounds dangerous, gross, and awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's not the kind of thing the company wants. And so now investigators are trying to figure out how it happened. Specifically, it was one apparent company or plant in Europe that got tampered with, and they're trying to figure out how this happened. But... Not a good look for the company, and probably not great if you end up with one of these. So they recommend that you just throw them away or dump them down the drain so that they don't get into the wrong hands. You understand, Big J? Yeah. Uh, seems like a really big mistake, and I'm not sure how that happens. Wrap it up with, oh, gross. There's a big push to save the bees, Big J. I'm sure you've heard. Yeah. But there is an East Las Vegas neighborhood that isn't very interested in saving the bees because for the last couple of weeks... They have had a bunch of weird coverings going on their cars, their clothes, and in some cases their lawns and their, their sidewalks. They haven't figured out what it is. Well, they got the answer from the Clark County Department of Environment and Sustainability. Apparently the sometimes oily-like brown substance is actually a bunch of bee poop. It's commonly called bee frass, but apparently they have a ton of hives in this neighborhood and they're coating everything around them. The lab results confirmed it, and Public Information Officer Kev McDonald said it's kind of a nuisance, but we see it in other areas around the world, just usually not in this much volume and in this small of a circumference, but apparently they're getting ready for uh, springtime because things are going to happen. Bees emerge, they swarm in new places, and so it's starting to get bee season. So apparently this neighborhood has been just covered in bee poop, which is really gross. Yeah. It doesn't look like poop, and it doesn't smell, apparently, but it's just, you know, you know what it is. Once once you know what it is, I imagine you can't unknow that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, my car's covered in, in bee feces. What a treat. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your headlines. You're up to date on all the things. It's the latest in Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's Black Summer here on the Morning After with Nick and Big J. You need your weekly reminder to never throw anything away. Here it is. Yeah, especially when it's handed down in your family. Uh, and uh, there's a reason for that. Uh, recently here at auction, an anonymous bidder bought Amelia Earhart's uh, flight cap, once worn by her on her first transatlantic flight. She was the only uh, woman on that transatlantic uh, flight, and then she disappeared nine years later when she tried to fly around the world. Uh, now, uh, she landed in Cleveland in um, 1928, and uh, a, uh, a young man was there, and uh, he, uh, w- when she went into the crowd, her cap fell off, and somebody grabbed it, and uh, this guy handed it to this woman because he, he liked her, so he gave the cap to her. And uh, she kept that in the family for a while. It uh, went... Uh, up to auction for $825,000. Now, the auction house, Heritage Auction Auctions, predicted it would just sell for about 80000 Jesus, God. Yeah. What happened? I, I don't know. 
mean, you got all filled with nostalgia, man. That's a bidding war. Holy mackerel. That's crazy. But, I mean, uh, uh, congratulations, I guess, to the person that decided to put it up. But, yeah, I mean, Brad, it got to be interesting how you authenticate that. You know what I mean? Because I'm guessing, first of all, it came upon somebody's possession via accidental means. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. gifted to them. It fell off her head, probably knocked off her head, if we're being honest. And, and then somebody ran off with it, and then it became a family heirloom, essentially, that somebody decided to then sell, which no longer becomes a family heirloom. It becomes an investment. But listen, man, uh, I, I guess no matter how uh, emotionally important that family heirloom is to you, probably tough to say no to $800,000. Yes. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, uh, you want to you want to hold it against them a little bit. We're like, hey, that's not a family heirloom anymore. If you're going to sell it at auction, but uh, tough to say no to that kind of. Yeah, situations like this, you really got to say, you know, maybe it's okay to be a hoarder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, it's good to know that our creepy uh, obsession with touching and holding on to anything celebrity related did not just appear. You know, we always give people a hard time for yeah. buying cigars that Michael Jordan once puffed on at a Phoenix airport, but apparently we're hanging on to hats that fell off of people's heads for almost 100 years. Exactly. So why not? Yeah. Why not? The the, the obsession with celebrity uh, did not go away anytime and certainly was not a new phenomenon, that's for sure. Morning After with Nick and Big J, your chance to be close to a bunch of celebrities that drive monster trucks next on the X-Rocks. <laughs> Morning After with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X. And Bad Impressions brought to you by Treasure Valley Subaru. It's more than just Subaru. They're the Idaho Center pre-owned superstore. And we've got tickets for you, the Ford Idaho Center Arena Monster Jams coming to town this weekend. Going to be here Friday and Saturday. Tickets, by the way, still available for this. Uh, We'll get you set up with tickets to 7 p.m. showing on Friday night. You just need to figure out Bad Impressions. If you want to go, now will be the time to get on the phone, 208-287-1003. You just have to play a little game where Big J gives you three clues about somebody famous. If you can figure out who that famous person is, in those three clues or less, then you are going to Monster Jam. Hello, the X. Hey, how are ya? We're good, buddy. What's your name? Adam. All right, Adam. You're up first. Good luck. Yeah, awesome. you, you. stay hungry. I got to go Arnold off the bat. Yeah. All it takes is one name now, and we're going to give it to you. Good luck, my friend. Congratulations, Adam. Hang on. We'll get you those Monster Jam tickets. Why is Arnold in the news? I love Schnitzelwenzel. What? Schnitzelwenzel. What is that? Schnitzelwenzel? Yes. I like schnitzel. Oh, okay. That's how he would say it. Uh, (laughs) He was uh, doing the Arnold Fitness Fest here uh, recently, Nick, and then uh, Dee Snyder was up there playing music with uh, Twisted Sister, and then Dee presented him with a plaque for the album Stay Hungry, which has now uh, achieved 8 million albums sold worldwide, and uh, said, hey, this is a present for you. Thanks for inspiring the album Stay Hungry. Wait a second. Did D. Snyder said Arnold Schwarzenegger is, uh, was the inspiration him? for Stay Hungry. Interesting. Okay. Was this before or after the slap fight? I, I don't know. I don't know if it was before or after, but I'm like, I, I tried to find some information, but I've never seen anywhere that it, it, he said that Arnold Schwarzenegger was the... Maybe the, it was a joke? Yeah, maybe. I mean... 
Or maybe he just thought it was a nice thing to say because he was handing him the award or whatever yeah. to commemorate I mean, he's got the plaque right here. I see it, a picture of it on Twitter. Uh, maybe it was just one of those deals where he's like, I got to incorporate this somehow or I have to somehow make sense of Arnold Schwarzenegger presenting this to me for some reason. And that's what he came up with. And nobody's going to challenge him on it because why would you, right? Yeah. Exactly. Until right now, I guess. Right now. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We'll wrap up the show here next on the X-Rocks. That is core. That is Start the Healing. And that's how we're going to wrap up the old Morning After with Nick and Big J on this Monday. Thanks for hanging out with us. Gosh, man, we talked about murder houses. We talked about Thor. We talked about severed human hands, epic meals, and even racism. Big J, we really ran through the gauntlet today. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Not bad for a Monday. We also gave away some Monster Jam tickets. That will continue tomorrow. If you're looking to get your hands on some Monster Jam tickets for Friday night, we got you covered. Uh, That leaves you with the floor, Big J. Hey, if you start to see uh, in your social media posts a bunch of mullets, because Natty Light is encouraging people to grow the mullet back as they threw out their vintage 1977 packaging. And, uh, hey, they're willing to pay for it, by the way, too, as a contest. So if you, you know, post your uh, picture and you hashtag uh, sweepstakes and Natty Vintage uh, before March 31st, uh, the winner will get uh, some, uh, some money plus monthly shipments of Natty Light as long as you keep the mullet. <laughs> is it worth it? Not to me. No. No, of what course a not. Dumb question. You wouldn't drink beer. But I mean, I guess uh, if you're going to get your hair cut for a beer, I'm guessing you probably are willing to make the commitment to hang on to said haircut for free. Yeah, this beer. seems like uh, Kenny Powers or that uh, that guy from the Olympics is into this. Yeah. Uh, he should be their poster boy. It does seem like. But then mullets have been coming back for a while. Like, this is not the first, you know, attempt to bring back mullets. Hell, hockey players have been still doing it for years. Uh, they love the hockey hair part of things. That's why it's called that as well. Did you ever have a mullet, Big J, growing up? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, me too. Me too. And it wasn't on purpose. You know, it was always just by accident. No, I don't even think we knew what mullets were back then. I mean, they, they kind of caught, I guess, because people made fun of them after a while, and then you would get rid of it. But, yes, I think me as, like, six, seven, I was rocking the mullet. Yeah, I just like Joe it, Dirt, man. Yeah, I thought of more of, like, an 80s thing than they did a 70s thing, but I guess what do I know? Uh, whatever it takes to get the throwback done. So mullet it up, guys. What's the hashtag again? Hashtag Natty uh, Vintage or and and hashtag sweepstakes. There you go. So you got to include all those things in it if you want to get <laughs> yeah. the free beer. Morning after with Nick and Big J. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you tomorrow. Jason Drew's up next. Have a good one. It's the x <laughs> The Morning After podcast brought to you by Idaho Advocates. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Make sure you hit them up on their website, IdahoAdvocates.com.